The Forum at Eight with Kolani Gwala. Thank you very much. for It is now five and a half minutes after eight. A very good morning indeed and a warm welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Conversations with my sons and daughters. That's the title of a new book by Dr. Mampela Rampele, uh, who joins us now from our Cape Town studios to talk a little bit about this book. A very good morning to you, Dr. Rampele. I thank you for your time today. Good morning, Polani, and morning to your listeners. Wow, I've got, I've got <coughs> so many uh, emails already about the book and uh, I'll reflect, I'll, I'll I'll talk about some of them in a minute. But let me start from the cover. I just think the cover is brilliant, beautiful. Uh, The picture, your picture, beautiful. Thank you very much. Ah, lovely. Uh, You know, actually, it is a bit misleading because you're smiling and everything. But once you open the book, you hear a bit of frustration, a bit of anger about what is going on in this country. Well, what you hear in this book is anguish. Mm. As someone who was very active in fighting for the freedom we are now enjoying... I'm really disappointed. And that's why the book starts with this conversation with a young man about the soil being stolen. Now, when Mm. we say that in my language, we are signaling that something is seriously wrong. In fact, in those days, it was that the sovereign has been assassinated. Mm. Now, in this case, the sovereign is a citizen. The citizen in South Africa has completely been ignored in the governance of our country. And that's why this expression is so appropriate. The soil has been stolen. Now, you name this young man Matome, and you talk a little bit about his experiences, that he's a young man who's doing pretty all right, uh, climbing the ladder, so to speak. But he is told often to keep his head down lest he jeopardizes his chances of reaching the top of his craft. Yes, indeed. And that is at the heart of the failure of governance in our country, in that... Despite all of the ideals that we held coming into this democracy, the governing party has decided that they own the democracy. So there is complete conflation between the person of the president, the party, the government, and the state. Hence, the complete impunity in corruption, nepotism, and patronage within our system. It is not simply the problem of a few people doing something wrong. It's a culture. Mm -hmm. And that is what is frustrating young professional people who want to do the best thing for their country. But they are made to sign documents they know are wrong. They are made to keep a blind eye to things that are clearly out of kilter. And when they do blow the whistle, as we know in several cases, they end up being in trouble. So the dilemma Matome is facing is that talk and lose whatever you've accumulated or whatever you've achieved so far and working towards or shut up and watch your country go down the drain and slide into a failed democracy. In fact, you say uh, Matome talks about the assassins of the citizen as sovereigns. And that's quite a serious one. Well, it is a serious one. When you think about the potential for this country for greatness. And then you look around you today as we speak, you see the fruits of this culture of impunity, this lawlessness. 
that people, including those illegal miners or illegal strike, strikers, they have watched the law being broken and people getting away with it. And so there is, in a sense, a tone that has been set in this country that law and order doesn't matter, that the rule of law doesn't matter, and that playing the game by, I mean, play, playing the game by the rules, including the rules that are very, very clear in our constitution that our public service should be one that has competent, committed, accountable, and respectful public servants. But instead, what we have are loyalists, people who can lie about their qualifications, like this guy who's the COO of SABC, and still remain in his job, paid an un unbelievable amount of money, 1.6, when teachers who work their butt off are being paid less than uh, half of what he's earning. It really is outrageous, Colin. You you quote uh, uh, the former Minister of Safety and Security, Signum Fahmade, saying that we may be in the early stages of a dangerous kleptocracy. Absolutely. I mean, where you have a problem, let's take the, the famous Inganja affair. Mm -hmm. You have clear, at least on the face of the evidence we have, breach of all of the protocols, even the, the infamous ministerial handbook, it's very clear that you can't spend more than 100,000 on private property in the name of security. But here you have complete violation of every rule. Now, instead of the minister directing his attention to who authorized this, no. He is worried about who leaked this, which means that who is bringing the citizen into the governance process. This is where the assassin metaphor works, because public servants are there to serve us as citizens. Now, when we become the problem to those in government, that is the assassination of the citizen. Where then does the conversation with uh, the sons and daughters come in? You talk about the urgency of the conversations, but what kind of uh, conversations and where does it come in? Why, why is it uh, urgent? It's urgent because I meet so many young people in all walks of life who are, in a sense, confused. They can't believe what is going on. So the conversations start with understanding how did we get here? And in my view, how we got here has to do with, first of all, at the time we made the transition to democracy, we underestimated what it would mean to make the transition from authoritarian governance to a constitutional democracy. Those are two different governance systems. The latter requires the citizen to be at the center of the governance process for an accountable democratic process to occur. The former, which is what we have had under the colonial system, apartheid system, is where those in positions of power rule the roost. Now, if you don't have a, a conscious process 
of changing that culture, which should include civic education for everybody, including the president, to understand the difference between a parliamentary democracy and a constitutional democracy. When the president stands up in parliament and says he doesn't understand why being a representative of a majority party, people could have something to say about the policies that they propose. I mean, that's a clear lack of understanding of the difference between a parliamentary democracy where the majority rules and a constitutional democracy where the citizen is at the center of it as a sovereign. The second problem we didn't take care of is we inherited a socially engineered inequality system. Now, we can't simply assume that as the economy grows, you're going to correct that socioeconomic structural inequality. And because of the compromise of the nature of the democracy, we agreed to have a TRC that focused on gross violations of human rights and not focusing on socioeconomic rights. Now, our first government under Dr. Mandela should have then had a game plan about how do we deal with the socially engineered inequality. Instead, we thought that the RDP will be, the, the reconstruction and development process will be the vehicle for doing that. At least that's, that was his idea. Mm. But the fact of the matter is that the level of socially engineered inequality is not one that can be solved by an RDP house or a tap or an electricity connection. It requires structural change in the economy. The mining industry uh, debacle that we are now witnessing mm. is one example of a mining industry that continues to function on the basis of 19th century policies. The same thing applies to our banks. They are a mon monopoly, and everybody knows that, but they are not touched. And I can go on and on about the apartheid geography that we have left untouched. Mm. And so we have growing inequality, not because the government is not trying to do something. But the problem is the something they're doing is highly inadequate. And so that's, in my view, the root cause of the problem. Sure. You allude to some of the reasons why young people, and in fact, when you talk about Matome, uh, that dilemma about him not wanting to participate. And uh, I've got an email perhaps that you may want to respond to. It oh. comes from Lutando Lukos in Centurion, who, who talks exactly about some of these issues. But he says, how does Marampele expect us to be critical of the ANC when Gwedemandashe, Bladen, Zamande, and Natim Tetwas uh, of this world will crush you and portray you as a capitalist black middle class that represents white capital. Even when I debate with my black middle class friends and I criticize the ANC and government, it's either I am seen as a jealous, as jealous because I don't work for government or seen as those brainwashed blacks who sympathize with the DA. It's very interesting that in the apartheid era, people were afraid of being arrested and sometimes brutally murdered. And there was amongst white people, Swat Khefar, if you don't follow us as the National Party, the blacks are coming to take over. Today, we have, again, fear in our politics. Now, the fear is around being excluded from the benefits 
of this highly skewed, elite-focused economy by the, those who are in charge of the governing party. And also the fear that is being sown amongst black people that if you don't support the ANC, the white people are coming to take over. So from Swartrefar to Vetrefar. So that's precisely the point I'm making about our failure to educate for democracy is really at the root cause of why these young people, whether it's Madumi or Lutando, they don't have an answer to these bullies, because I call them bullies, in the same way that we are bullies in the apartheid era. So my response to Lutando is, you have nothing to fear except your shadow. If you were to do what we did under much more difficult circumstances, of mobilizing ourselves into a very tight solidarity group. Today, you can do it much faster with social media. If you have the numbers, and you do, incidentally, young people in this country, which is the reason why this book is focused at my sons and daughters, mm -hmm. they are the majority population. So why are they allowing a minority of aging people like me to dominate the political scene and to dominate the economy and to dominate the social structure at the peril of the future of our country, which is a great future. Well, perhaps to, to further develop that point, there's another email from Tsepo Moyano who says, Dr. Lampele is correct. We live in a country where a person must forget all about his morals in order for him to live a better life. The unemployed youth of this country are being to get a membership or are being told to get a membership card of the ruling party in order to get a job in government. This is a personal experience, says Tsepo Moyano. Absolutely. You know, in the days when we were activists, there was the IFP in the... Uh, KwaZulu-Natal region, where you couldn't be a teacher unless you were an IFP card. Today, we are back to the same thing. I know countless young people, brilliant young people, who are either entrepreneurs or who are professionals, who are completely frozen out of opportunities, including access to public funding, which is supposed to be there to support black economic empowerment. So this is a governance culture no different from the National Party uh, culture. And the, this brings me, Kolani, to the most fundamental point I make in the book, and there is a whole chapter devoted to it, which is that there is not a single example globally, and I'm not talking Africa, globally, of a liberation movement being able to shed the culture of liberation politics which is about exclusion, loyalty, and people towing the line to become a constitutional, democratic, and open society type of governing party. That has not happened. So that here in South Africa, we think we are going to make history. We then have to be doing something extraordinary to make this history because when you look at the history of Sweden, which had invaders in the 17th century, the warriors who fought a war against those uh, invaders, when it was over, they won. The Swedish people understood exactly what I'm saying. The warriors were good fighters. They must be acknowledged, thanked, 
given pensions, great houses, out of the governance process because we need a different set of skills for governance from those for fighting against a system. Hmm. It's easy to fight against something. It's very difficult to build. Right. I'll open the lines here on 0891 I'll be taking SMSs at 34701, 34701. We're chatting to Dr. Mampela Rampele. We're talking about a new book. It's called Conversations with My Sons and Daughters, 0891 A couple of SMSs, in fact, a whole lot of SMSs have come through here. Uh, let me read one or two. There's one from Sianda who says, My own analysis is that as long as uh, ethical members of ANC are silent or speak about corruption but do not act, we will slide down to death of society. That's Sianda on SMS. Another one says, One of many things that hurts me is people in power who call us poor people. I used to think that we are one people. Um, when will you go to your home village to develop it instead of being a refugee in Cape Town? Like Helen Zilla says, another SMS. Perhaps you might want to uh, respond to that one, uh, Dr. Rampel. Another one, uh, it says, please ask Madam what she thinks of electoral reforms in terms of separating state from party Mzamo. In fact, you do talk about this matter quite extensively in the book about the, the separation of, of state from party, uh, Dr. Rampel. Yes, indeed. Well, let's start with home truths first. Mm. Uh, my village. Mm-hmm. I have been very active in my village because my beautiful mother lived until... 89 and a half and she had a homestead there which we as uh, her children helped to renovate and make sure she's comfortable and in the process i've been supporting the secondary school there with my own personal money for the last three years and now fortunately all mutual because the school is doing so well is going to be supporting it going forward but in addition i have been talking to people in my village to say to them you can't have young people walking around the food bikes with no purpose in life. And we have done a, a demographic survey of the village and found that, in fact, my grandfather, who used to be a very successful pe- peasant farmer there, had bought land together with other families. And we are now resuscitating cattle farming in the area. So your... Uh, SMS. Mm. SMS person is correct. You cannot sit in Cape Town and talk loudly like Mampela does and not get your home base right. And that's what I'm doing. Mm. But I'm not going to spend 200 and something million of public money. This is personal money, must go to personal things, and community money to community things. The issue of the poor, I have been on that for, I don't know, a decade. When I was at the World Bank, I used to say to people, once you start labeling human beings as the poor, it's very difficult to see that they have the same aspirations as you, and therefore they need to be treated with the same dignity that you treat us. People, politicians in this country talk about our people, the poor, and so on. Again, distancing. And so I agree that we need to go back to Ubuntu, which is... I am because you are, and in that scheme of arrangements, we are all equal. Hmm. Our constitution also requires us to act in a manner that promotes equality. And so in the book, I talk about one of the things we need to do is to heal ourselves 
from these divisions that we have inherited from the past, but that we are continuing to strengthen through the kind of failures that we talked about and the failure to understand the importance of treating someone the way you want to be treated. Mm. And our culture as Africans, which I think is shared by many other agrarian cultures across the globe, is that when you have a problem the size of the one we have, what's needed is, first of all, to have very open conversations. No fear-mongering business. Let's talk about what is the problem. The problem is we have failed governance in this country, and we have a private sector that is acting in a very parasitic manner rather than taking leadership to be part of the solution okay. of re-engineering our socioeconomic realities. All right, let's take some calls here. Let's start uh, with Tabo in Rosebank. Hello, Tabo. Hi, right, Colin. How's it, man? I'm very well. Thank you for your call. Good, good. Um, I'm just a bit disappointed that uh, Dr. Rantelis uh, analysis is only one government. I mean, Turn around, Tabo. Sorry, let me ask you to say that again because you broke up a little. Just turn around. Uh, the network is not very clear. Yes, say it again. Yes, I was just saying I'm a bit disappointed that uh, Dr. Rampilla's uh, analysis is only focused in, in the public sector. I mean, uh, the ownership structure of this uh, country, of the economy, is still racially motivated. You know, the slow pace of uh, affirmative action and, and, and growth. <laughs> You know, so why is it that she's keeping quiet about that? I mean, we often hear uh, private companies colluding on, on, on government contracts. You know, she's keeping quiet about it. She was once a chairman of a gold mining company. What did she do about the exploitation of labor? You know, uh, like there are so many things, but she, she literally uh, ignores to talk about those things. And All they right. are racially motivated. Why are we not talking about it, period? All right, Tabo in Rosebank, uh, do you want to respond, please, uh, Dr. Rompel? Well, uh, it's ironic that Tabo is saying that because I ended my last comment yeah. on the private sector. Yeah. Tabo, rest assured, I have never been silent about what is going wrong, whether it's in the public or the private sector. You ask anybody in the mining industry, they know my views. I am still the chair of Goldfields, and I have put pressure on Goldfields to look at short, medium, and long-term solutions to the problems we've got. The fundamental issue is the whole industry needs to rethink the model of extractive processes that are not looking at how do we mine in the 21st century in a way that takes care of the workers, takes care of the, their conditions of service. I've even written a book a bed called home, which was directed at that. So, Tabo, rest, rest assured, I don't actually shy away from talking about that. But at the end of the day, the government is supposed to be setting the tone for equality, for addressing socioeconomic uh, inequalities. And our government, through its inadequate processes of governance, have taken even the black economic empowerment policy, which is not exactly ideal, but even if you were to take that and look at its full uh, repertoire beyond ownership, you would see that if that had been properly implemented and monitored, 
we would have had a different outcome. But instead, the governing party is fronting. We have Chancellor House, which is a front for the ANC, therefore undermining the very black economic empowerment process that they say they are pushing. So I, I have not been quiet, Tabo, but I need you as the next generation to stop complaining in the quietness of your houses and start making your voices heard. All right. Let's take Zinle in uh, Eastern Cape. Is that Zinle? Good morning. Good morning, Tolari and Dr. Ramzer. How are you? All right. And yourself, Zinle. Thank you for your call. Yes, well, no, my contribution, Kalan, is that I, I, I have listened to Dr. Ramper and I agree with much of the things that she has said. But to move beyond that, I want to I wanna contribute and say these are matters that gain a lot of legitimacy if they are raised within the level of civil society. They need uh, active citizens, or shall I say, um, the vigilantism of civil society. There is this organization, for instance, that she is working for. I don't know whether it's justice for all when they were challenging issues and they took them to the Constitutional Court and they were successful. Well, I believe that even within the African National Congress, there are intellectuals who are as frustrated as, as Dr. Ramtele is, because this is not necessarily advantageous to those in the ruling party. It's, 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 it's problematic to the whole of society. So if we, 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 we raise them above party politics and they, and, and they become issues, that means the, 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 the activism of us all as society, will be able to deal with them. Okay. Because Polani, um, automatically when these matters are raised by political parties, by opposition parties, the focus is being shifted on them being material issues that need to be arre- okay. addressed. And they are taken as, 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 as political scoring, party political scoring. Right. So I think people like Rampel, not only her, but even, even intellectuals within the African National Congress, within ASAPO, within PAC, within the Democratic Alliance, but not as, 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 as political parties, but as, as structures of civil society, we can be able to deal with this conflation of the party and the state. All Thank right, Zintle, Zintle, I'll get uh, uh, Dr. Rampele to respond. By the way, she's the founder of the Citizens Movement. But what I need to do now is, is to take the news headlines. I know that there's Senzeni in the Western Cape who's been on the line for quite a while. There's also Gift in Port Elizabeth, other people calling in on 0891104208, a whole lot of emails at guala, xsabc.co.za. And SMS is at 34701. I'll look at them in a minute. Um, perhaps maybe I should start with this email from uh, Johan in Rivoli who says, Can Mam Rampele please define and put into context a clear definition of the current generation in terms of politics and also economics? Two, can she depoliticize the issues of youth? I really think we have politicized every debate in this country, says Johan. Uh, third point, what is her opinion on Julius Malema's behavior towards current economic development? And fourth point, unfortunately, Unfortunately, each generation does not effectively deal with the hurts, battles, and pain of the past struggles. We today are inheriting the complex immoral behavior of greedy politicians who are suppressing the truth about who we are as Africans. Uh, that's an email from Johan and Rivoli. We'll go to that email in a minute. But Gift in Port Elizabeth has been on the line for a while for me. Good morning to you, Gift. Good morning, Colin, and good morning to 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 to, to the honourable uh, professor. There. Look, Colin, I think to me, in true liberal fashion, especially after 1994, I think to me, liberals have opportunistically cherry-picked on a lot of issues where they want to appear to be on the side of the speaking uh, of the majority of South Africans, in particular the working class. But we are here to hear the cry against the abuse of farm workers, against labour brokers, and against retrenchments. I mean, Colin, I think Professor Rampella is too hard on the ANC, and I think we must be 
not be too hard on ourselves. I think, Kolani, I'm very proud to be an ANC member. That said, for, for example, I'm proud of the ANC because it is the governing party. It has achieved together with a lot of South Africans, uh, great uh, things that have happened in the current. We've got a great constitution, a bill of rights, many laws which seek to undo the suffering and hurt the occasion by apartheid system, mm. an independent judiciary that works, a strong macroeconomic framework, an intact defense force which understands that it is subordinate to the political leadership, massive improvements in the living standards of black people in general and the African people in particular, but lastly, a recognizable place among the international community of nations, which is a member of BRICS. Mm. So to me, these are the things that I think we, we must not be hard on ourselves. But uh, I concur with some of the issues that Professor Abela raised, in particular the issues of corruption. But I think, Tolani, the accusation that if you are, a member of, if you are not a member of the ANC, you cannot get a job in government. I mean, it's untrue, Tolani. Okay. Dr. Ampele knows for a fact that uh, Professor Intumelo Mosala was once a direct general in government. And I mean, he's a well-known leader of Azapo. So some of the issues, Tolani, I, I think uh, they are untrue. All right, Thanks, let's give to Port Elizabeth. Thank you. Lindelani is in Durban, also on the line. Good morning, Lindelani. Uh, good morning, Colin. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, the previous caller has just said quite a mouthful. Uh, I'm also, you know, I've been listening to some of your interviews with uh, with Dr. Ampele. Mm-hmm. And, and, and every time she speaks out, you know, she sounds like a, like a, a rented academic, rented to pass the ANC and, and the ANC government. Well, I've not had any objective analysis from herself or anything constructive or positive that she sees about this government. Mm. You know, to her every every time she looks at this government, she's got all the wrong things to see. And and her selective uh, uh, look at that uh, uh, explanation Lindelani? Oh, we're losing Lindelani's uh, line. Lindelani, uh, we're losing your line, sorry. Uh, we've got to move on. Uh, Peter in Grahamstown. Hello, Peter. Hello, Kalani. Look, guys, uh, Asked not to come on air. All I wanted to say was that we need much more of this discussion. Your R with all the interruptions is inadequate because uh, I feel most inadequate to, to, to speak to a woman of this caliber. But she's going to make a lot of people in this country feel very uncomfortable. who have got their snouts right in the, the gravy trough. And I want to live in South Africa. And uh, I speak on radio because I'm very worried about the future. But please, Polani, uh, I've asked for a longer period for your right. discussions because you bring up very, very good topics. All and right, we need much more of this, of this sort of discussion on radio. And uh, please carry on with it. Get... get Dr. Ampere again on your show. All right. And uh, let, let's carry on with this issue because it is an important issue to all of us. All right. That's uh, Peter in Grahamstown. Uh, let me read an email. Uh, it comes from uh, Mr. Bo Zamageba in Pretoria. Rampele is a perpetual complainant who has failed to lead and has opted to be a reactionary who only reacts to media reports with little or no empirical research in her criticisms of the liberation movement, the ANC. Her attempt to incite and mobilize against the ANC is an exaggerated generalization, which is born out of a frustrated ideological confusion of neoliberalism mixed up with concoction of moribund Africanist capitalism. She pretends to be an advocate for the plight of the poor, and yet she keeps away from the real issue of the white monopoly of the economy of South Africa. That's Mr. Boza Mageba on uh, email. Uh, also, perhaps another email. I can only agree fully with your guest. I was born as an English-speaking South African citizen in 1944, and the Nets came to power in 1948. I voted consistently.
consistently against the Nets until 1994 because I could not agree with apartheid except when uh, we were asked to vote in a referendum for the new dispensation. However, I feel that uh, oh, where, where's that email gone? No. However, I feel that I have never had any say in the governance of South Africa, and now I'm lumped into a white group as an enemy of South Africa. When I see all the corruption that is going on, and from the very top, and the jobs for pals that excludes whites experts in many, uh, I feel really excluded out of this. That's Clive in Hillcrest. Quickly, let's hear from Anele before we get responses. Anele in Pretoria, hello. Good morning, Polana, and good morning to Dr. Antele. Hi. I think one of the things that we must not uh, must not distort, Polani, are facts when we are disgruntled about the fact that corruption is high. We are agreed that corruption is high. We are agreed that government must be more firmer and must take a very hard stance on corruption. If we say it's war against, I mean it's war against poverty, we must equally say in the same sentence, it's war against corruption. But, Dr. Must, must, for me, she must move away from just be, from just being seen as a person who opposes in the sense, I mean, who stands to oppose things in the name of being anti-ANC. I mean, when, for instance, she, she points that people who get jobs in government are people who are members of the ANC. That's incorrect. Dr. Moisi Mangana was a minister. That was a is a member of Azapo. Prince Michelle was a speechwriter for President Tabon. As we speak, we've got a freedom front class deputy minister in the cabinet. Are those people members of the ANC? We are agreed, Polani, that level of unemployment is high. And we, we must find ways in which we, we must change the, 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 the current um, uh, situation. But we must even ask Dr. Rampelli, when she points to the fault at the national government and provision, when the ANC is running. Is she equally able to go to Western Cape and point at the fact that in the, in the okay. provincial government in, the, in, in, in Western Cape, all people who are, who are known that they are Anel. ANC members are being wiped out of government and they are being replaced by white people who are ANC members. Okay, so what, 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 what is the difference here? All right. Uh, unfortunately, the line is just so terrible. I have absolutely no idea why, and this is completely frustrating to all of us. But I think we got the gist of what Anila was saying. We'll take a break, and we'll get Dr. Rampele to respond. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Dr. Rampele, lots of SMSs, calls, and emails. Your responses for me, please, if you may. Let's start with the, the biggest one, which is that I am anti-ANC. Mm-hmm. I think people need to understand that I come from a tradition of fighting for freedom, and I have lost lots of dear friends and colleagues in that struggle. I am doing what I can since 1994 to make sure that the ideals we fought for are alive and well, and that this country prospers into its greatness, which I believe is its destiny. So when I criticize the ANC, it's because they're in charge. You know, if you have gold fields and uh, something goes wrong, I can't go and find somebody else other than the management of gold fields. And people have to distinguish between the ANC as a movement that they are romantically linked with, with the ANC as a government that is underperforming. That is reality. And also people need to understand, I not only talk about what is wrong, I work very actively with this government. I'm the chair of the Technology and Innovation Agency. A lot of my time goes into working with government 
at all sorts of levels. We work in the Eastern Cape with the Eastern Cape province, which is extremely difficult to work with, but we don't give up. So I'm not an armchair critic. I am an active citizen and I will not stop pointing to those things that go wrong. At the same time, I praise people when things go right. And if you look at my writings, you look at everything that I say, you will see that balance. The unfortunate reality is that at the moment, there is a preponderance of governance failure. And I will speak to that because I care about the future of this country. And that brings me to the issue of facts. You can point to Musala, you can point to Musibudi. I was responding to Polani's point from a young person who is making the observation mm. that they can get jobs in the ANC, they're told to get an ANC card. And I've heard that in villages, I've heard that in townships. So it can't be that I don't have my first rights. I work on the ground and that's where I get the messages. The other important point I want to make is around the issue of how do we define the current generation and the issue of depoliticizing the youth? I believe that we are unfortunately a society that has not paid sufficient attention to the wealth that we have represented by the youthful population that we've got. In terms of demographics, we are the young, we have the youngest population bulge. That, I mean, the, the youngest population profile compared to many other countries. And in terms of being on the African continent, which is also the continent with the youngest demography. And so you would have thought, given how people who died to have the kind of energy, creativity represented by this youth, we should be having a first-class education system. We don't. We should be having a first-class healthcare system. We don't. We should be having a skills development process that made sure that we turn that creativity into skills. We don't, which is the reason why we have produced the unfortunate phenomena of tenderpreneurs, of which Julius Malema is one of the leading lights, because he had to find a way of surviving and the patronage system, which is part of the governance system of this country, made it possible for him. To now turn around and see him as an anomaly, he is simply a product of a culture which tolerated the setting up of a program management unit in the my Limpopo province. Mm. Everybody knew about it. Nobody did anything about it. So to then blame him as an individual, we should be looking at the system, which is the problem. Right. And that brings me to active citizenship. Mm -hmm. I agree that we have to deal with these matters in the first place as citizens, which is the reason why after trying hard post-Dinukian scenarios to say, people, let's walk together as citizens with our government, I didn't realize that actually the reason we are not walking together is because people are wounded. They lack the self-confidence, the self-respect, and this dependence on leaders has to be talked through. We need to grow into our maturity as a democracy by getting citizens to assume their responsibilities alongside their rights. 
That's the reason why the citizen movement is there, is non-party political. But it is political because to be a citizen is a political status. And so I have tried in my youth as an activist and now in my old age to mobilize my fellow citizens to say, the soil is stolen. Let's do something about it. Let's go to Lorato here in Johannesburg. Good morning, Lorato. Good morning, Tolani. Thank you very much for taking my call and to Dr. Mampele Rampel. You're most welcome. I think it is interesting that uh, what she's precisely raising about an honest conversation about what is wrong in our society, people are choosing to be selective in what they listen and how they, they listen to the things she's raising. Instead, they want us to continue praising the ANC for the good that they have done, uh, but not for the bad that uh, is going wrong in our country. And I think that is really at the nub of the, the, the heart of the problem uh, that we are, we are experiencing as young South Africans, that we, people want us to continue to be praising us instead of pointing out what is wrong and coming up with the solutions. And I hope Tolani going forward, knowing that SABC has a terrible culture of silencing those who speak against them, that you will continue featuring Dr. Mampele regularly so that she continues to be a conscience of our society because she has access to this powerful tool of mass media. Thank you so much. Yeah, but Lorato, in, in defense of the, this particular program, I have never heard anybody say anything about who I can feature and who I cannot. Lorato, though, in Johannesburg, no. and it's a fact. I'm just telling you a fact as is at the moment in relation to this program, Lorato. Uh, I, I thank you very much for calling. Philip in Porch, good morning. Good morning, Joran. Hi, welcome, Philip. Hello, Dr. Mamsela Rampin. Hello, Ntati. Uh, I think uh, sometimes we South Africans are too critical to ourselves, which is not bad anyway. But uh, I think uh, we have to give credit to a lot of things happened in here. Uh, I would just like to give an example of uh, somebody who's a farmer. I know where you come from, you used to farm. Normally, after farming, mm-hmm. pruning, things like that. Yeah. There is no way you get better fruits without doing the pruning. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you talk about people, when you say pruning, some of, lot of them are going to be disadvantaged. Like uh, what is happening with the entrepreneurs. It's not wrong if Malema was found out. It is not long if now people start seeing light and then they start rooting those things out. It is right. Some of this thing has to be encouraged. We have to learn. You must remember that we are from another system. And this system was very, very cruel. We come out of that system trying to learn something. We cannot just be perfect. We have to give courage to each other. People like you who have known these things, who have seen these things, who had an opportunity of going to school, uh, should help. Uh, I think you are too hard on the people. So uh, your standard becomes too high that the people are going to be discouraged. You know, people, if you are not that much educated like you are, what are you doing to them if you cut them to pieces like you are doing? Uh, Philip, thank you very much. An interesting point there raised by Philip, and I would ask you to to respond to it straight away, Dr. Rampella, because you talk a lot about the Constitution in your book and the standards that it set. Uh, Philip is suggesting that the standards perhaps that you are setting are too high. Well, then we shouldn't have had the constitution that we have. We all jointly agreed through our leaders to have a constitutional democracy. 
And that democracy sets a very high standard. I'm not asking us to do anything other than what we committed to do in our constitution. And uh, it is not correct to say that I never praise people. If you look at my writings, I am very balanced. I praise what we have as, a, as accomplishments. And the reason why I work with entities such as the technology and innovation agencies because I recognize that Rome was not built in one day. We all have to work together. But we have to come face to face with the things that have nothing to do with standards. There is no reason whatsoever for corruption other than greed. It's got nothing to do with standards. There is no reason whatsoever why we are failing to provide basic high-quality education. And the same people who fail to do that send their children to private schools. Why must I be quiet about that? We have a healthcare system which is inadequate to the task that we have on our hands. And the part of the reason for that is that we don't set high enough standards. When I was a vice chancellor at UCT, people said to me, I am being harsh. But at that time, I wasn't criticizing outsiders. I was criticizing the University of Cape Town. I was saying to them, you cannot have equity without excellence, and you can't have excellence without equity. Now, that's a high standard, but that's a standard which our constitution has set for us. It says we will be a country united in its diversity and a country that promotes equality for all. That's the standard that was set. We are falling short of that standard. That's all I'm saying to you. And the other thing is, you know, when people stop criticizing you is because they've given up. I am speaking out against those things that go right because I believe in this country. I believe this country can achieve the greatness that is set out in our constitution. It's a question of whether you and others are going to join in this struggle for greatness. Hmm. We've got to wrap up now. We, we, we're running out of time. But there are three people that you mention in your book. You start with Matome and you also talk about two young ladies who would have had an influence in you eventually writing the book. How are they taking up your challenge, do you think? Do you think that uh, they are able to deal with some of the, the, the standards, one that you're setting, but also the challenge that you're throwing out there for young people to take up uh, these challenges? Absolutely, Colin. Uh, I went to address the Black Management Forum the other day. And interestingly, they are, the theme of their conference this year was systemic corruption. So it wasn't Mampila, it was a black management forum. And in that forum now, we have people like Bonang, Mohali, and, and, and others who are determined to rediscover this greatness that I'm talking about. The young women you are talking about are my daughters. They are absolutely thrilled that... I took up their challenge, and they are working on setting up circles of healing that I speak about in this book, in which they examine their own lifestyles. How are they living up the values of our constitution? And perhaps this is something that the critics 
uh, who have been calling in should pause on. The book makes very practical suggestions. Taking the culture of African healing circles, let's sit around in our homes, in the workplaces, in the communities, and talk about what is going right in the home, what is going wrong, what are we going to do to put it right, the same thing at work. The same. Imagine if every department in our government were to start the day with a staff meeting where they're sitting around in a circle and saying, what did we do right last week? What, where did we fall short? How can we improve? And how can we improve? That's really all I am asking for. I'm not asking for people to be perfectionists, mm -hmm. but I'm asking for us to strive for that greatness which we have the capacity to reach. I'm inundated with a lot of SMSs, people asking for the contact details for the citizens' movement. Yes, it's www.subject2citizen.co.za mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, what this is about is we all need to take that journey from being subjects of authoritarian systems to become citizens of this beautiful constitutional democracy. www.subjecttocitizen.co.za As always, a pleasure talking to you, Dr. Mampela Rampela. I really appreciate your time this morning. And Thank also, you, Colin. Thanks indeed. Well, people also are wanting to know whether the book is available already, and I think it is available. Yes, it is copy. available at Exclusive Books and many other major bookstores. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, Dr. Rampela. Dr. Mampela Rampele talking to us from our Cape Town studios, author of The Conversations with My Sons and Daughters. That's her latest book. And uh, I would like to thank her indeed for coming through. I would like to thank you for all the inputs on the program this morning, starting with SMSs, emails, and their uh, calls. Unfortunately, couldn't get through all of them. Um, 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 all of them. Um,